Winter Cubs fans, thanks so much as always for tuning in to this week's Cubs Weekly Podcast, proudly presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs. And make a note because that Wintrust Crosstown Series, it'll conclude May 28th and 29th over there on the south side. Now look who it is. It's my guy Andy and it's uh, Carlos Pena rolling today on the show. And uh, guys, of course, we have to get things rolling talking about the way that Kyle Hendricks absolutely dealt versus those San Diego Padres. Eight and two-thirds, and uh, when David Ross came out to get him, he said it was a, a long walk, a bad walk, not the walk that he wanted. But, Carlos, as the kids say, uh, he went out there and he shoved. What did you see from Kyle Hendricks that made him be so effective last night? You know, for him, it's so important to be able to pinpoint his fastball, right? So if he does not have fastball control, everything else just gets out of sync. But yesterday, he was just... Picture, you know, taking, taking the, you know, painting the corners mm -hmm. and then utilizing those, the, that trajectory to throw his off-speed pitch. I mean, that changeup was absolutely nasty. The, the breaker was also nasty because they looked like fastballs, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like he went with the stuff that was working on that night. We've seen so many guys around Major League Baseball. They're saying, okay, these are my pitches. These are what I'm going to throw, even if it's not right there in their wheelhouse on that specific evening. Yeah, and you mentioned his fastball. That's uh, The forcing fastball was something that I was looking into. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. Um, he's throwing it 25% uh, of the time, and hitters are hitting just 139 off of it. I mean, that, that shows you how you important know, it is to have that fastball command. Keep in mind. It's what, 88 miles per hour, yeah. 89 miles per hour. And you usually... So he's thrown over 600 pitches so far this year, and not one has registered over 89.9 miles that, an hour. That is very important to point out mm -hmm. because you think to yourself, why would he ever pitch inside or right. elevate fastballs? Guess what? When he does it correctly, right, when he's able to elevate where he wants to in the innermost and uppermost part of the strike zone... He's nasty, Cole. Yeah. He really is. And last night was a perfect example. Yeah, it's the art of deception then when it comes to Kyle Hendricks. No doubt about it. He keeps guys out front, yeah. off balance. And that's the key. That's what's called pitching instead of throwing. Yeah, and, and the changeup that you mentioned, 40% whiff rate uh, on the season. So 40% of the time, hitters are swinging and missing on that changeup. Yeah. It's, it, it's just incredible. And yesterday, or excuse me, Monday was a perfect example of that changeup. There were so many times where, I remember Trent Grisham was on his knee swinging at, at that nasty changeup. That changeup was working like you mentioned, and it's so important to see Kyle Hendricks, if the Cubs want to have success the rest of the way, for Kyle Hendricks to be what he was, maybe not eight and two-thirds or, or a complete game every time, but six innings, uh, you know, every outing is, is very important from Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks, he was giving Trent Grisham those uh, boys to men swinging misses <laughs> down on bended knee. That's not yeah. what anyone wants to yeah. see if Kyle Hendricks is out there, but that's exactly what he's looking yeah. for. But, you know, Carlos, one thing that's crazy to me, and uh, we'll get back on topic in just a minute, but you see all these different pitchers this year when it comes to their pitch selection. You see a guy that throws 97, 98, 99, and right now they're throwing 36 to 41% fastball balls and they're throwing all off speed if you go back 20 years ago if a dude threw 97 98 99 guess what they're throwing you're getting a heaping helping of gas on the hands yeah so, sometimes it just scratch my head because you have that type of speed and there's another thing they're trying to get sneaky hey, I'm why, a trick why, why are you trying to throw it away as well like you can just blast guys inside with that high heat you know 96 miles per hour some guys throwing 100 now and they still are afraid to throw the fast one to pitch inside that's why when I see Hendricks I'm like Someone take some notes because he's throwing 90 miles per hour. That four seamer, you just read the yeah. numbers, and no one is hitting it. So take notes. How about 100 up there? Yeah. 99 up there. It. Six up there. Instead of trying to throw a, a hammer or something crazy in the dirt and get him to swing at it with two strikes, how about you throw on the end of a match tip, you throw that fastball high, low, inside, yeah. outside. Yeah, and that's the thing is maybe that is, and Carlos, maybe you can speak to it a little bit more, but. You're so used to seeing 100, you know, 95, 98, whatever, and then here comes 89. It's like it's pro it probably messes with you, right? 
Well, you know, we were talking about that. It's like everyone now is throwing in the upper 90s. And when you see someone, oh, he's throwing 96. You know, it's like a, a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. You know, we're watching, the, we're watching the Dodgers and Bueller was throwing 96, but we were watching uh, uh, Gratterall throwing 103. With ease. With movement, too. And then here comes, you know, Bueller throwing 96, and we were like, ah, he's throwing 96. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. 96, when, when you know, I played, and it wasn't even that long ago. 96, you threw hard. Yeah. yeah. But now everyone is really on the bandwagon and just trying to throw as hard as they possibly can. And that's crazy because everyone says, okay, the hitter is not as good because the pitchers have gotten so much better, but it's cyclical. When you take a look at some of these guys, if you're a 23, 25-year-old, chances are when you were in high school, there were two, maybe three dudes that could throw in the 90s on any given day. And Los, you and I are the exact same age. There weren't a whole handful of dudes that were throwing 90 miles an hour on a Friday, Saturday, mm -hmm. and a Sunday in a high school game. Yeah, I like that. You mentioned that it's going to be kind of like a cycle because yeah. you see these guys, okay, speed, 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 power, power, power. But they are almost like just swinging, you know, big and they, haymakers. they've grown up yeah. seeing all this gas. That's you know, the problem. They, they don't know how to, they don't know, they're not, they don't know how to box. You yeah. know, they don't know how to, you know, Bob and Weave, you know, Weave and Bob, you know. That's what you need to do if you're going to be successful in the major leagues. You have to know how to sequence your stuff. Yeah. And Hendricks is a pretty good example of that. I know he hasn't been extremely successful, but when he goes out there and executes, He's nasty at 88, 80, 89, 90 miles per hour. Yeah, that's, and it's, it's, it, you mentioned it. It was, you know, I felt like I was watching some art. You know, I wasn't watching, it was, it, and that's the beauty. When Kyle Hendricks is on, there's nothing like the art of him pitching. It's, it's, it's fantastic. You know, he's painting the corners. He's getting weak grounders. He's getting the occasional swing and miss on that, on that nasty mm -hmm. changeup. And he's getting the lazy fly balls. And that's what we saw Monday in San Diego. Do you have a, uh, a favorite work of art at the uh, Art Institute? I couldn't tell you know a funny story so I had the, the, an opportunity to go to Madrid and I had oh, the chance to hear that yeah. to be, oh I had the opportunity I was in, I was don't have Madrid. a favorite painting at the Art Institute of Chicago world renowned but when I was in Madrid I went to okay, El proceed. Prado, mm. Prado La Prada I left to go to the Real Madrid soccer stadium yeah. that tells you how, how little I okay. am and I'm not an archive. Let's just put it that way. But oh, I'll, I'll I watch thought, Kyle I thought Hendricks you were going to say, oh, I was, you know, I, I ran into a Picasso, you know. Yeah. I thought you were so going like, to give me the oh, bunch of Picassos. Because you dropped Kyle Hendricks thought... or Picasso, I'm taking, I'm yeah. taking Kyle Hendricks every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, maybe a day in the park. I like that one. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a good one. You know, maybe American Gothic, all at the Art Institute of Chicago. Fantastic institution. If you have the time. Go check it out. You been there, Los? Your, your, your culture. Come on, man. You're so worldly and, and knowledgeable. So I, I, I am blown away. I try my you best. You are so well-rounded, man. I try my best. You never man. cease to amaze me. That's Come amazing. On. I mean, seriously. Likewise. Likewise. <laughs> Andy, we're still, we're still working yeah, on that I'm with you. So oh, Either way, you know, one thing that is impressive, as impressive as our guy Amart, Andy Martinez over here, is the way the Cubs were able to bust out offensively mm -hmm. uh, on Monday evening. And uh, when a team is, you know, kind of in the gutter, down in the dumps, and they're not getting things done, especially when it comes to winning ball games, to see that offensive output, that's a feather in the cap, man. Yeah, I thought the offense was kind of summed up a little bit by Nico Horner, right, where there was moments where Nick Madrigal's had this too throughout the year where he's hitting the ball really hard, and it's it's right at the center fielder. It's right at the second baseman. And and Carlos, you can attest to this. There's The bad luck happens, and, and it felt like yesterday those balls that – well, uh, yeah, it was hitting right to the center field. This time it was dropping in the gap. This time it was finding, it was going down the line. Um, that was crucial, I thought, for the Cubs uh, on Monday to kind of have that offense rolling and to be able to get those timely hits. And, you know, David Ross has stressed it time and time again all year, a team at bat, right? You know, not, you're not trying to hit that you know, six-run home run with nobody on. 
you know, you're just trying to get on base and get the next guy and get the line moving. That's kind of what we saw a little bit on Monday in the series opener. Imagine that. Is, is it almost small ball? Isn't that what I was ridiculed for about a year, a year and a half ago, right here on this Cubs Weekly Podcast Contact. by you, Antonio Andraki? <laughs> Tony's right off to the side. I see him right over there. He's waving, smiling. But hold on a second, Carlos. Once upon a time, I said, hey, creating chaos, uh, traffic out there on the base pass, a little station to station, get him on, get him over, get him in. It's not illegal. It wins ball games, and we're seeing that right now. Yeah, man, that, that, that is a perfect example of what happens when you put good at bat after good at bat, right? One through nine. Look, I have to say, it's tiring to hear, hey, what is swing the bat? You know, it really is so frustrating. You do everything right. You hit the ball hard, and it goes right at somebody. You know how frustrating it is to keep at it and, and be like, maybe I need to change something to make those balls drop? The answer is absolutely not. Yeah. You have to keep coming, putting together some good at bats, Stay with the process, understanding that you give the, yourself the best chance to succeed when you hit the ball hard. Eventually, they'll drop. I don't like to hear it, Cole. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Leave me alone if I'm hitting bullets right at people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you tap my shoulder and I might go like this because I don't even want you to touch me. Yeah. But the truth is that I know you just have to stay with the process. That's all you can control. Yeah, and when you talk about a team that's able to string together hits and, and create that chaos out there on the base paths, I mean, that, that's really all you want to see because – I know that there's been this myth perpetuated that all fans want to see is, is, a, is a home run. But when you go to a game and you see hit after hit, doubling the gap, run scoring, guys, you know, hitting and running, I mean, that's what fans really want to see. That keeps fans engaged, and you can see it, it just seems like there's a whole new level of excitement out there in the ballpark when that's happening. The, one of the most exciting parts of Monday's game was the Nico Horner run that he scored, right, where, you know, he, it was just a hustle play all around. Ian, I thought the hustle play was Ian Happ taking second. What, and the hustle play was not that. It was, it was Nico Horner. You know, you pointed out in postgame, right, Willie Harris is, you know, keep your eye on the ball, keep your eye on the ball. He saw that the ball went past, and he took his opportunity, and he ran. And I've, I, Nico Horner's not a guy who shows a ton of emotion. Yeah. That was the most, you know, excited, pumped I've seen him probably ever. That was, that was excellent because we've got a great view, right, with that yeah. camera from yeah. behind, and you can see how it, the play developed. So Nico's going over there to third. Harris is saying, because when you turn second – your eyes are your coach, right? Yep. Pick him so up. I gotta pick him up. He's gonna tell me what's happening behind me. I can't see. Mm -hmm. Now he says, "Look, as soon as you turn, look and see what's going on." Nico does exactly that. He turns around, looks, and he makes his decision. He's not listening to Harris. Yeah. At that point, number one, you can't hear anything, even if Harris is yelling at him. Yeah. It's too loud. You have to read the play and make the decision. And look, it was a close play at the plate. I appreciated the aggressiveness, the no hesitation, scored a run. Yeah, and when you, when you see Nico, the way that he was able to round second base and, like you said, pick up Willie Harris just like that. You know, we worked on that down in spring training. We, when he had, had Bush Yambi, Nico, Willie Harris, and, and they did a base running demo. Mm -hmm. So for him to be able to apply that actually in a game, especially you know, so soon in the season, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. And it gets you, it, it got you a run. It got you the insurance run. You obviously don't really need much insurance when Kyle Hendricks is dealing like he's dealing. Yeah. But, you know, those are those are big, important runs where you're able to steal, you know. Those aren't the ones that put, show up necessarily in the box score, but they're the ones that, you know, you think back and you're like, yeah, that game, you know, maybe in a different situation, it's 6-3 to three or 6-5, to five, mm -hmm. something like that. It's like, you know, that run came through, and that was an important run for us. Uh, when you look back on it. Yeah, Carlos, you and I, we're going to take a closer look at the balls that Nico's been absolutely scalding all around the ballpark. But the way that he's really starting to come into his zone, you see him out there on defense, offensively. He's really starting to become a team leader and showing some all-star potential. And on Monday night's broadcast, uh, Rick Sutcliffe, he's down in San Diego with Boog. He said that he thinks that Nico could be an all-star this season. Do you agree with the Red Baron? What do you say? Man, I, I, 
remember maybe a few days, you know, we were talking last week, we were talking about Nico, and we're like, yeah. is he going to be the starter? It's like, I'm not sure, you know, because someone else, you know, is going to be called up soon. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, Nico is maybe playing everywhere. I, I've changed my, just by watching him play okay. over the last couple of weeks, I'm like, you know what, he has earned this spot. Yeah. And when, when a player earns, you know, the position, you have to reward him. I think it would be, I mean, it would be so detrimental to take him and remove him after the way he's played. You sure. know, the way he's put the ball in play, defense, running the bases, playing hard every single day. He's a gamer, Cole. Yeah. And yeah. He, this, this guy comes to play. And, and no disrespect to Anderson Simmons. Anderson Simmons, we know what he can do with the leather, but when it comes to putting the ball in play and, and putting it in, in play with some pop, I think Nico has a leg up on Angleton there. He's got that. Yeah. And then I was looking up his uh, outs above average, you know, baseball stat cast uh, advanced number for defense. Uh, four outs above average, second in baseball behind only Dansby Swanson. What are those There's numbers over there? You know how I feel about what? some of those advanced numbers sometimes. <laughs> but the, 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 the numbers back up the eye okay. test, right? His glove has been impressive. He's, you know, he's feeling those balls in the gap, those, those jump throws. You know, the, I think the one in Pittsburgh, you know, he's Pretty been good. really impressive defensively. And it's almost a nice problem to have defensively when Andrelton Simmons is healthy. Like, you've got two really good short defensive shortstops that you can play late in the game. Do what you want to do, but Nico needs to be in that lineup. Yeah. Somehow, somewhere. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I wouldn't mess with him. That, yeah. That's all I'm saying. And look, a week ago, we talked about, yep. you know, uh, Simmons. And I said, you know what, there's a spot for Simmons, you know. Yeah. Now I'm like, come on, day in and day out, the way Nico has been playing. He, he definitely deserves to, uh, to be left alone. <laughs> and to that point, you know, I thought, you know, you'll have great uh, um, up-the-middle defense with Simmons at short and, and uh, Nico at second. Nick Madrigal's been playing really good defensively, too. So it's like you, you have a you really— That's a great problem. I mean— It's a good problem yeah, to have. Yeah. Well, without a doubt, no doubt about that. But we'll see how things shake out once mm -hmm. Simmons does finally come up here with the big club. But in the meantime, uh, one guy who's been going back and forth— we saw him, he was, he was DFA'd, sent down to Iowa, and then he was on a plane, and everyone saw that he was in San Diego, and he started at first base on Monday, and it's Frank Schwindel, and he had a patch of rough pumpkins on Monday night. After being DFA'd and coming back, he says, I never want to feel this feeling again. He goes up there, three punches. Los, you know right now he's living rent-free in his own head, man. That, that was difficult to watch. Yeah. Number one, you just mentioned the whole entire ordeal of him getting sent down, then called back up and getting on the plane. New life. Being in the middle seat. You know, it, it sounds like an unbelievable story, right? And it, we, now that we have reporters everywhere with social media, yeah. Um, and you're like, okay, maybe this crazy story is that spark, and yeah. now he gets another opportunity, and you know that it's in his back, in the back of his head, even though he's still trying to be a professional to have some good at bats. And we talked about it. You know, here comes first at bat, strikeout. Second at bat, another strikeout. Now your head, you're spinning. You're yeah. like, are Cook. you serious? I know we're winning. I want to have a good attitude. But it really weighs on you. You know, you got pride as a yeah. professional. And, uh, and Frank certainly knows that he wants to do better. Uh, so that was tough to watch. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen there, Cole. Mm -hmm. um, but we know he can do it. it. It's a matter of timing, in my opinion. And uh, sometimes we work too hard, kind of like leaning sure. the ladder against the wrong building. Yeah. Uh, working on our swing, mechanics. When in reality, the root of the problem is timing. Okay, but what about Frank? What are, you think some of this comes from timing as well as maybe a little bit of a tweaked back? We see him sometimes after he takes a big swing, yeah. he'll kind of adjust there and make sure that everything is all right. Hopefully, health-wise, he's 100%. Yeah, and, you know, that's one thing that's almost overlooked, right? He, he missed a week in spring training. You're already rushing to get ready. Then you miss one week of an already shortened spring training. That's going to, like you said, it's going to mess with your timing. I'm going back to my advanced numbers that I love so much. <laughs> uh, but here, here we go. go. Here's this. Here's this. He's seen uh, 
40, last season he saw 46% of pitches in the zone. This season he saw 49%. Uh, the contact percentage last season, 87%. This year, just 75%. Yeah. So what is that, math that, class, what are we doing? Yeah, here? yeah, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. You, you already forgot cover. everything he said, right? I don't, don't what, what he said. I have no idea. What Basically, getting the numbers aside, he's seeing roughly the same amount of pitches in the zone. He's just not making the contact on them. And that's what was making him so successful was his ability to take it the other way last season, yeah, yeah. hit for power, pull, you know, hit it straight away. He's not, he's, he's not doing that. He's not making as much contact in the zone. And, and most of your hits, you know, you know, it's not a rocket science. You don't need advanced numbers to tell you you're going to get a lot of hits when you hit the ball that, uh, that's in the zone. Yeah, and we saw his hot zone, his cold zone from a year ago. His hot zone from last year looks like his cold zone from this year. So when you're not really dialing up the pitches that you once were, Something tells me you need to get back to the drawing board, and that is where Frank Schwindel is currently at. And we want Frank to succeed because uh, we're big, big Frank Schwindel yeah. fans around these parts. I mean, we give him the dude about 70, 70, 11 nicknames. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he gets back and fulfills and all we'll those nicknames. we'll come up with a, one more nickname. One more, one more. One Frankie more Barrels, maybe, maybe that'll be the last Frankie one. Frank the Tank. Frankie, oh. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Look at that. Look at Amar. You're redeeming yourself yeah, after you throw all those numbers. <laughs> I thought you weren't it's an like artist, that. but that was a yeah. great was, creativity. Yeah, thank okay. you. Thank all right. You. Well, we're going we're to continue <laughs> to tap into old Amar's creativity right here. But uh, in the meantime, let's get a quick word from our lovely sponsor, Wintrust. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. All right, we're back here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Andy Martinez, Carlos Pena, myself, and uh, should I say my name? Yeah, I should yeah. just—I just assumed that everybody we, knew everybody, who I was. Everyone right. knows who my mom is. and dad—they named me Cole Thomas Wright. That's what it says <laughs> on my birth certificate. So uh, I, I digress. But we're going to get back to the offensive talk because uh, the way the Cubs were able to light things up offensively—a six spot, crooked numbers. Always a good thing, especially when you're taking on a stout squad like the San Diego Padres. But when you're in a rut offensively and maybe mentally, how good is it for you to be able to break out just like that and get yourselves a win, especially to start off a road trip on the West Coast, man? This is huge. You know, when they leave Chicago, I'm thinking to myself, okay, here, a new scenery, anything just to, to change the momentum and the feeling in the clubhouse yeah. is going to help. They get over there to nice uh, weather in San Diego. It was Fish a little tacos. chilly, but come on. You know, it is. You know the, the surf, the water. I'm thinking to myself, Cole, this, this can only help, okay? They went out, man, and they balled. And that's not to say that um, they weren't having good at-bats here. Sure. Um, they were hitting the ball hard right at people, maybe running into some bad luck. Um, they did the same anyways against San Diego that first game. A lot of hard hit balls right at people, but some of them finally dropped. Yeah. Um, so it, it's such a weight off your shoulders when you're able to stop that bleeding and be like, okay, here we go, new start. Yeah, especially when it seems as if hitting is contagious. And that's what we saw last night. It seems as if, or Monday night rather, it seemed as if everybody was really going there and having quality at bats, whether they were taking pitches, taking free passes, just putting the ball in play. And that's key. We talk about it all the time on Cubs Live, Cubs Post Game Live. You put the ball in play and make them make a play on you, then there's a high percentage that some good things will happen. Whether or not you get a hit or not, that's to be determined. But we've seen errors happen. We saw it in that, that 21 output mm -hmm. game versus a Pittsburgh. I mean, they put the ball in play, and what happened? They were throwing the ball around looking like a buttermaker was their coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you bring up an interesting point. You know, how tough is it when you are having you, – you touched on it a little bit, but, like, you want to have those team at-bats. You want you, – you can say it as much as you want, but I think that's easier said than done, right? Oh, are you kidding me? Uh, 100%. I mean, I can sit here and say, I'm a professional. Come on, man. Like, you, you want hits. You <laughs> want the ball to drop. You don't care if you have a horrible swing, hits off the end of the bat. You want it to drop. You don't want that beautiful, perfect swing line drive right at somebody. 
it, it's something that it's, it's tough to swallow when you don't have the results, right? Well, what's easier to digest? If you hit five screamers and five outs or three duck snorts that fall in for a knock? Everyone tell you, I'll take my, my little bloop singles. Yep. Unbelievable. Horrible swings, horrible recognition. Yeah. You look like, like a, you know, a, a, just a beginner. You're a big yeah. leaguer. You look like, like, a, like a five-year-old trying to like swing <laughs> a bat. And you get three hits. You're like, yes. Hey, I wish they, they look I, like screamers in the book, right? I want to say, no I, 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 I wish I knew what uh, the expect if they had expected batting average when Luis Gonzalez had that walk off in the World Series against Mariano Rivera because that was that's not a pretty that's not a yeah. hard hit ball that's not a I mean that's just a little and it's it's funny because we talk about all the time as we're watching games in our Marquee Sports Network studios and you, you look at exit velocity and launch angle and all this that and the other who cares did the ball go out. Who cares how fast yeah. it got out? Like, you can hit one that goes out at, at, at 75 miles an hour. If it's going up and it's just getting in the jet stream, that's all that really matters. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's it's bells and whistles that are added, but, you know, maybe, Carlos, maybe we're the old dudes in the barbershop. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we're the old dudes at the club looking like The Rock with a fanny pack, a chain on, and a black turtleneck. But either way, sometimes, it does it, does it really matter how fast it got out or how hard it was hit? If it got out, that's what that should be the, the answer in the question. Yeah, first of all, I, I think that's your Halloween outfit for this season. <laughs> the is rock, rock, the rock, with a yeah, yeah, fanny yeah. pack. I right. think I think you could pull it off. But yeah, like like and, and the thing that I fall in love sometimes too with expected batting average. Like, oh my gosh, that ball had a six seventy expected batting average. You know what? And it was an out. Well, that doesn't mean it's a guaranteed hit. That means 67%. Like, there's still that 33% right. of a chance that it's an out, and that was one of those instances. It's like yeah. Brian Fantana's cologne. 60% <laughs> of the time, it works every time. Yep. Man, I, I, I tell you, man, I, I got to say that when you go out there and you're doing everything right, because this is the thing, Cole, yep. hitting is hard, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you actually do it correctly, like you do everything perfect, you're like, you want your results. Mm -hmm. So when people come and tell you, hey, it, it'll come around, they'll even out. No, they won't, because... This game is built around failure. So you're like, if I succeeded as a hitter already but didn't get the result, mm -hmm. then the probability is that I am going to fail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like out of 10 at-bats, you hit four balls in the, you know, in the screws. Boom. Smoke. Well, the other, one, the other six, the probabilities are that you probably won't make such mm -hmm. a good contact. Mm -hmm. So, sorry. I mean, I, I, I know we're trying to be professionals, but it definitely hurts when you do everything right and you get the results. Exactly. You, know? you still have to come and do it, but... It hurts. Well, one cat who's been doing everything right and he's been getting the results is Wilson Contreras, best offensive mm. catcher in all Major League Baseball so far this season. And uh, you really have to ask yourself, is this a byproduct of having Jan Gomes, a quality backup catcher, no more carousel like we saw last year when it came to that backup spot for Wilson Contreras and that universal DH. Willie, he's able to go in there, DH, and we saw his numbers at the DH and his numbers in the leadoff spot. So we talked about it on Cubs postgame live. Well, maybe Willie should just be that DH that leads the game off because his numbers, I mean, they're next level. That, that, that could have maybe a common thread when it comes to his success this year. What a, what a weapon that has been. Yeah. I mean, it's been perfect because I can even see how comfortable he is with getting a breather. And then he knows that, okay, all I got to do is focus on my hitting. Man, that is the toughest position to play. Mm -hmm. In baseball, being a catcher, that's rough back there. So if you're able to just get a little bit of a break and just focus on your hitting, hitting here and there, it may do wonders. I mean, and, and it remains to be seen, but I think it's going to help us offense, you know, offensive numbers dramatically. Yeah, uh, I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing really finesse type of swings where he gets his singles, line drives yep. the other way, and then Cole when he's on time, we've seen him go placata like Big time. against the wind. 400 and what was it the other day? 20 feet. I mean, yeah. almost out of the stadium against the wind when he's perfectly on time. So even his misses have been good. When he's on time, he crushes it. We have a complete hitter here. Yeah.
Yeah, and when you're taking a look at everything he's been able to do, maybe it's Jan Gomes, maybe it's the DH, and maybe, just maybe, it's his brother William's bat. We, we saw him go bridge with, with, Willie, with his brother's stick, too. So. Sometimes it's in the bat, right? Sometimes it's just in the bat. Yeah. But, the, you know, you mentioned, you know, the shift. You, you've talked about the shift and how much you, I think you, it's safe to say you hate it, right? I'm not a fan of it. You're I'm not, not a fan, a fan of, of okay, shifting on guys that are hitting 180. Right. I hate the shift anyway. But, okay, so I mean, I just play him straight up. Let's see how many hits he's going to get. Well, Dude's batting 180. So I, I promise this is the last time I'm going to the advanced numbers. <laughs> Maybe. I doubt it. But yeah. opposite field, the amount of times he's hit the ball to the opposite field, 38% of the time, the highest of his career. You're shifting to the, you know, pull, to the pole side. Wilson Contreras saying, okay. That's what, I'm going to hit it that way. And, and, and that, that should be the mindset, not to get off track, but that should be the mindset for these guys who low says. You just said it not too long ago. They're professionals. Yeah. You get paid to swing a bat. You go and you take batting practice. Make those bats. I'm not just saying anyone on, on this specific team. I'm talking about all around Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. You see guys and you see some of their, their batting practice reps First, first session in the, in, the, in, the, in the cage, swinging away to trying to hit bombs yeah. everywhere. That's not like old school mm -hmm. rounds of batting practice where, okay, first few pitches, lay down a sack bunt, lay down a drag bunt, lay down mm -hmm. uh, and get those bunts down, and then you go three to right field, three to center field, and then three swing aways. You just don't see those focused rounds of batting yeah. practice, and that's league-wide. Yeah, you have to practice like you play, or, yeah. or at least like you want to play. Right. You know, one of the things I noticed about Contreras is his ability to go the other way low. Right, yeah. like on the ground. Yeah, you know, because usually you see guys that are that are shifted. They hit ground balls on the pull side, and they hit fly balls to the opposite field. Yep. Right. Contreras has been leveling that swing up like so he's figured well. Figured it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost as if he's saying, if I get blown up and I'm late, I take my single. Yeah. If I'm on time, I hit a home run or hit a double. That's a complete hitter. Like, will you understand yeah. that? It's almost I want to say foolproof. But, you know, somewhat where you kind of know what, how your misses are going to be and you know the, what ideal contact is all about. Right. That is another level uh, of hitting that he's reached uh, this, this far in his career. And one thing I love about Wilson Contreras is when he hits those balls, uh, you know, we talked about Nico's hustle. Wilson Contreras' hustle is he hits it the opposite way and it's just enough in the gap. He's going to try and take second yeah. all the time. Is there a stat for hustle, like an uh, advanced stat for hustle? I, yeah, no, I don't. No? I should, but I should really find him. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. That's, yeah. I have the wrong advanced stats, I guess. But but that's one, one thing we saw is, you know, last year against the Mets, he had that little bloop. It was, it was a bloop single. All right, nice bloop single. He hustles. He saw the, the defense taking their time and he takes second base. You know, when he's pulling, putting the ball the opposite way and it's, you know, a little line drive that, you know, is go, finding a little hole on the opposite side in between the outfielders. He's taking that second base. Well, now, now you're, instead of getting a leadoff single, now you've got a guy on second to start off the ball game. You're putting I'm, pressure on defense. This is what Cole was talking about. Like, you know, we, we were talking about exit velocities all the time, right? Yeah. X velocity, exit velocity, that's all that matters. Yeah, but good hitting, you know, those balls that he's been hitting the other way, I'm talking about maybe a 70-mile-per-hour yeah. exit velocity of those bats. However, because of what he's learned, He's able to hit the ball the other way at the right trajectory on a line. Mm -hmm. Those are base hits. Yeah. So he's not doing this because he is not hitting it well. It's almost like intentional. Strategy. Yeah, yeah. Like a strategy that he's yeah. got. So those jam shots, you know, if you want to call them that, it's that's good hitting. Yeah. Good hitters do that. Yeah. 
another guy we've seen hit really well so far this year, and he's gone with pitches. And we've seen it surprisingly from the right-handed side of the batter's box at switch hitter Ian Happ. We saw him, you know, just take one, just flip it the other way. You want to shift on me? Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to take what you give me. And you gave me a gigantic hole to the right side, so that's what I'm going to do with that. And maybe some of his success has stemmed from the fact that he's playing left field and he's playing it every single day. He doesn't have to ride to the ballpark and think, okay, what am I doing today? Am I coming off the bench? Am I playing left field? No, Ian Happ, you're playing left field, man. Yeah, and that, I, I talked to him about that yeah. just a couple of days ago, and I said, you know, is there anything – did he, was, that, was that like what the, when he <laughs> went yeah, overseas? Like the Madrid. Oh, yeah. Madrid. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I called him. When I talked to Ian Happ the other day, yeah, right after him. I got back from Madrid, okay. what, what did he tell you? What did he tell you? Well, so I, you know, is, you know, is there any truth to that? To that, you know, having the, the ability to play left field every day, knowing you're going to be left field at most DH. He's like, yeah, you know, like I, I know I only have to worry about the angles of balls hit to me at left field. Like I don't have to study, you know, a right field, you know, hitter from the from the right side when I'm in right field or in center field because I know. I'm in left field, and, you know, he's been – he really – like me, he liked the advanced numbers. He was looking at the advanced numbers to see what he was doing well and improve on that, and one of those was his first-step quickness. You know, one of the better first-step quickness in the league, um, and he really worked on it with Willie Harris, and Willie Harris said, you know, we know he's really good at that, so let's make it even better so that way we can improve his ability to get to balls quicker, convert more fly balls into outs and improve the defense overall. Metrics on getting to the ball in the outfield quicker, Lois. How about that? They had, did they have that 20 years ago? No chance. <laughs> no chance. Oh. I know that. How, how would you have digested some of that first-step quickness at first base? Since you are a gold glover, oh, by the way, could you have won two, maybe three? You know, <laughs> I, I, maybe too much information might not have been <laughs> yeah. good for me. It would have been detrimental. Yeah. I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about this because sometimes as players, uh, we're guilty of overanalyzing mm -hmm. stuff, right? Yep. So a lot of these advanced stats, you know, even though, trust me, I, I, I'm all into that. I, I study them. I understand. I, I like players sometimes to back off yeah. and, and not be so just in tune with all of that because it takes away from let me go and compete. Let right. me go be an athlete. You know, so I'm glad that he's paying attention yeah. to that. At the same time, it always kind of scares me a little yeah. bit because yeah. I don't want players to get in their own heads. Yeah. I was guilty of that. I was guilty over analyzing things, and I always kept telling myself, "Can you please have fun? Yeah, just get out there, see the ball. Let's put a good swing on that. Healthy hack at it." And that's what Greg Brown, Cubs hitting coach, mm -hmm. yeah, he's mentioned. You know, there's a lot of da data, and you want to get it to the player so that you're improving. You know, where they got to improve. But some guys, you know, it's it's giving them all the data that they want. They yeah. want everything, and they want yeah. to see everything. Some guys, it's just like, hey, like I just want to watch my last at bat on the iPad, and you know. We'll try and feed you the data in the, in that certain way, so that we can help you improve. It's different for every guy, and and that's that. You what know, is that saying? I mean, you, if you know literature, is it losing the the forest for the trees, or is it losing the trees for the forest? You know, yeah. he goes to Madrid. He should know this. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's right. <laughs> but basically, what, what it ends up happening that you you start focusing on all these little things, yeah. and you lose the big picture, or you lose the most important thing, right? Yep. That is such a thing to watch out for nowadays, you know. So I usually tell young players, like, hey, make sure that you pick what you need. Mm -hmm. Everything else, kind of mm -hmm. put it aside until you need it. But just pick one thing, focus on it, and maybe for Ian Happ, it's that. Like, first step quickness, I want to improve on sure. that. Yeah. Okay, just keep it light yeah. because it can take you for a spin. Yeah, you know? fair assessment that when it comes to the analytics, some players are more like Scotty Smalls and others are like Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Do you know what I'm making reference to? Sandlot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> come on, come on. He's a youngster here. He's, yes. I didn't know if okay. he knew what I was talking okay. about. But, yeah, it's almost like when Benny the Jet says, you know what, man, you think too much. I bet yeah. you get straight A's. And he's like, no, 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 I got I to gotta be once. But 
Actually, it was an A minus, yeah. but it should have been a B. But that's when you think that a bunch of guys are sitting there. I got to look at this. I got to look at this. Like, yes. don't worry about that. You look at that after the game. Just go in that batter's box and swing the swing the bat, hit the ball. That's what got you here. Just yeah. do what got you there, and more times than not, you'll be successful. But when guys are swinging the bats, I'm going to set this scenario up right here. I want to know what you think about this because I think I know where you're at right here. One out. No, how about we'll go no outs. Runners on first and third. Guy hits into a double play. Run scores. Is that is that an RBI? <laughs> That's a thousand percent an RBI. Thank you. The 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 run was batted in. That's it. Thank you. Run batted in. That's the definition. But you get, a, you of get an, an RBI. RBI though if bases are loaded and you walk. You didn't bat the run. You didn't, in. didn't bat the run in. See, I mean, I would, you had I, a good at bat by ta- by taking. I think four, both are passes. RBIs. But if you only had to pick one. No, exactly. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Well, like, you know, you don't get credit for an RBI. No, no, yeah. yeah, you do not get credit right. for an RBI if you hit into a double play and right, the run right, scores. Right, right, right. Like but that, if you walk, you do get the that RBI. Is, that is a flaw in the game of baseball and their scoring system. Maybe it's a flaw on definition. We need to call it a different thing. Maybe I mean, think about it. Think about it. If you're in the World Series, <laughs> game seven, runners on first and third, no outs, you drive a run in but hit into a double play and you win game seven and your team lifts that commissioner's trophy and you guys win one to nothing on that, nobody had an RBI in that game? <laughs> It's just what are we talking about yeah. here? Fielder's choice. What are we talking about? That's, that's how it's scored. Yeah. I mean, that's what, the way it's going to go in history. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, to me, it's, a, it's – and it's – you know, I, I know nowadays well, – I'm so, so – well, Since I, you get, like, Ian Happ on the phone, can you, can you call Theo at the commissioner's yeah. office? I was yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, it's like Peter Gammons over here. I think it'll add you a few more runs or a few oh, more RBIs on. in your career, yes. right? Yes. I'll Imagine that. It, it almost be like, have you seen Mr. 3000? And this I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've made way too many references to TV shows and movies in this podcast. But have you seen Mr. 3000 with Bernie Mac? No. They I, go back and call him. He only has like 2,997 knocks and he needs back. three more. Yeah. And he has to go back as like a 50-year-old dude. Rest yeah. in peace, Bernie Mac. But either, either way, I think we've gotten off the tracks here. I think that's going to bring this Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust to a close. Andy, Carlos, good stuff as always. And I think there's something there I have to read to make sure the housekeeping is up to snuff here. Don't forget to download and subscribe to the pod on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your pods at. And that would make Andy, myself, and Carlos very pleased. And, and Tony Andraki over there, who's smiling and waving <laughs> once again. That'll do it. We'll see you next time right here on the Cup of Weekly Podcast.